All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. This is Root Solution, learning how to control the basics. This is Kai. This is Noah. And I think I think we're done with anxiety, right? <laughs> I mean, technically, we're done with anxiety, of course. It might be my show again. A whole other conversation that we're <laughs> talking about today, which is how the hell do you know if you have anxiety? Um so are we really done with anxiety or are we just getting really started? Uh, yeah, probably just getting started. Just getting started, as <laughs> always. So basically, here's what happened, guys. Kai and I were sitting here and we were talking, as we always do, before we podcasted and like literally just doing our normal, hey, how you doing? And we started talking about what's going on in the world. We started talking about COVID. I know that means we're going to get flagged. Uh, here we go. Um, and we just started talking about kind of what's going on and we got into health. And so here's how, here's what prompted this conversation. So those of you who don't know John Meadow, who is a very, very, very famous strength conditioning coach and, um, bodybuilder, um, and just all around strength athlete, um, passed away from COVID. Um, which is a huge loss in the strength conditioning community. Um, I mean, really, it's a huge loss in the world. John was a great guy. He had a huge heart. He was really trying to like change the world in a lot of really great ways. That's unfortunate. Um, John was not old. Uh, John was unfortunately a pretty young man. Um, he was in his, I think we looked this up guy, but I'm pretty sure he was in his like late forties, early fifties. Um, and just some, some things about John. I met John years ago um, at a powerlifting competition. Um, and he's just, he's just always been a really good guy. And so, but one of the things about John that I thought was really interesting is though John was aggressive in the way he took care of himself, John year round really maintained this aggressive level of health. And so this word health is really, um, it's broad. It has a huge scope. Did you, did you see how old he is? Yeah. So it's, uh, he's 49 or yeah, he was, he's 49, but it says cause of death was pulmonary embolism. Right. And the pulmonary embolism was supposedly caused from, uh, sustaining COVID for long periods of time. Mm. So, and this is the, this is the issue with COVID, right? Most people who die of COVID don't die of COVID, right? Nobody actually dies from COVID. Yeah. Uh, they die from the weakening uh, of the immune system from right the, yeah. the, the fight basically right yeah. just like most people who die from cancer don't die from cancer they die from um a lot of times from chemo right yeah um so john kind of fit that bill as well so he fought and he did all the things that he could do to stay alive and unfortunately it didn't work out but um so I lost my train of thought. Oh, going back to this idea of health and like, what is health and like, how do we measure health and is health a sustainable conversation to begin with? And so I got, kind of got an argument with a friend with, uh, regarding John and the conversation kind of went like this. They were like, man, John was so healthy. And I said, but was John healthy? And everybody of course looked at me like I was the biggest jerk in the room. <laughs> And here's my thought process along this conversation, right? So John Meadows, if you guys get a chance to look him up, was incredibly lean, incredibly muscular all the time. He was 
jacked people, like jack jack, like muscles on muscles. Is that something that's sustainable? And even if it is sustainable, is it really healthy to be that lean and that muscular for that long of period of time? And so this is where the, the conversation, the arguments begin is that people started to kind of like, they don't really know. We don't really know what health is. And so for me, the parameters of health mean actually that you probably carry a little bit of body fat, right? Because body fat is something that actually like helps you recover, drives energy. Um, it's a useful tool in being healthy and fit. And John didn't carry or sustain hardly any body fat for long, long, long periods of time. So thus my conversation with Kai. Kai and I sit here and we're talking and we're talking and we're doing all the talking and we're talking about whoop. And everybody in, everybody in podcast land knows that we are fanboys of whoop and that we love whoop. But I don't know if we've put together a collective as to why we really love Whoop. And so what we want to do is take an opportunity and kind of talk through why we love Whoop, how we utilize Whoop in our daily lives and like what, what Whoop does for us. And so I think I'll let Kai start and just kind of talk about your, the things you like about Whoop, the things, what Whoop does for you. Just kind of go from there, Kai, and then I'll, I'll piggyback off it. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest reasons why I got whoop was to track my strain level. Um, so explain what strain is for me. So strain is just, in my interpretation, is the amount of work that your heart has to do. Right. Uh, throughout the day, through activities and such like that. So actually, let's let's go deeper. Let's 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 start early, earlier phase. What does whoop measure? What's the HRV score? Okay, yeah. So <laughs> I, I always get a little too head. Um, so it, it tracks your heart rate variability, which basically is what your heart is doing throughout the day. Um, so it takes like an average of how much your heart is working. Um, so it tracks your strain level, which is like if you're doing exercise or just, you know, going throughout your day. Um, it tracks your recovery. So it tracks how you slept what your heart was doing at night um, and like the different uh, cycles of sleep. <clears throat> and then it also tracks um, your sleep. So, so, it <laughs> so it's looking, it looks at respiratory rate as well. Yeah. Respiratory rate too. So the, yeah. the big, the big thing with whoop, uh, Kai got most of it. Um, it's going to look at how high your heart gets throughout the day and how low it gets and how varied the arrhythmia are throughout the day. So Kai said that exact same thing, but I think for me, the key here is the high and the low. What, what it's really looking for is, is your heart working at the biggest variability? So if you have a resting heart rate of 120 beats per minute, nice. which would roughly be like a jog, right? Mm -hmm. And your high is 210, right? that variability is not very variable, right? It's way, way up and it's pretty mild and moderate, right? Mm -hmm. And so what that would tell, what that would signal to you is that you maybe have, are carrying anxiety or you're carrying, oh, there's that word. Uh -huh. um, we're back. <laughs> We've come full <laughs> circle to anxiety all over again. Um, 
So it, you are maybe like you have anxiety or maybe you're uh, running a marathon or God knows what other things you may be doing. Stress, right? And so what that would signal to you or signal to me is like, yo, dude, chill the fuck out, right? Yeah. Conversely, if your heart rate is 48 and only gets as high as 100, we have a different problem because we're not working very hard and our heart is a muscle and needs to work really hard, right? Yeah. And so what we're really looking for is can we go to, we'll call it mid-60s, maybe mid-70s? And then can we get up above like 160, 170 yeah. and have that huge range? So we're looking for a range of like 100 to 120 beats per minute throughout the day. That would signal that your heart is being utilized at its fullest potential, right? And so things that affect that are going to be respiratory rate, right? So how heavy am I breathing? And the way you guys want to think about that is like, if somebody were to like, hold a gun to your head would your respiratory rate go up of course for sure for sure um if you were meditating would your respiratory rate go down hopefully hopefully right fingers crossed we're doing it right so what it's looking at is it's looking at like do we have that full variance right yeah so kai go on so kai your scores are kind of crazy so Talk kind of about your scores a little bit and like what they mean to you and maybe even review a day, maybe pull one up. Yeah, I got mine right here. So yeah, um, so my resting heart rate usually lies between 46 and 49. Jesus Christ, that's so, for everyone out there in podcast land, that's really low. Yeah. Um, Kai, the healthy dude. For now. Um, For now. And then my HRV, my heart rate variability lies between 80 to 91. Okay. Yeah. And so um, 80 to 91 would be your heart rate score? Score, yeah. Okay. So for those out there, again, in podcast land, whoop gives you a graded score, letting you know what your capacity for work is. Yeah. And so what that tells us is that Kai's capacity for work is very high. Mm-hmm. yeah and so for today um so it shows you calories burned as well um so and and your recovery and there's like green or i mean um colors to to grade it so like red is obviously not good um it's below what like 35 percent right um and then between 35 and i think 70 70 i think yellow yellow and then um anything above 70 is green um and basically what those mean is just like how you recovered um how much strain you can take that day depending on how you recover um so today i had a 66 percent recovery it's yellow i have a 13.5 day strain um heart rate variability is at 89 and i've burned 2500 calories okay yeah so that's that would be a, a very complete day in that he's gotten his heart rate very high he's worked out he's done a lot of work and he's offered an uh, a reasonable amount of strain mm-hmm. now that said if kai doesn't sleep well tonight so let's say kai for whatever reason gets a poor night of sleep because he stays up late or eats a bunch of ice cream before bed or whatever else he 
will get a poor score tomorrow. So what that poor score will indicate is that Kai didn't get enough recovery for what he needs. Now, here's why I think whoop is so important. Because Kai's strain is very, very high. Kai's going to need a lot of recovery. Yeah. So Kai's sleep in association with his strain has to be dialed, dialed in, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're a sedentary individual who doesn't do a lot throughout the, your day, you aren't going to have to sleep as much as Kai will, right? And that's kind of the reason this becomes valuable is this, it sets an appropriate standard for what activity versus rest ratio you need. Yeah. So just to give you guys an example, um, so tomorrow or for sleep, so there's like a, something called a sleep coach tells you kind of suggested time to go to bed, suggested time to wake up and recommended time in bed. So for me, um, nine hours and 40 minutes of sleep is recommended to be in bed. So put the, think about that guys. That's a lot of sleep, right? Like most people aren't going to get nine hours of sleep, but Kai needs nine hours of sleep to match the effort of what he's put out. Yeah. Now, Kai, you've had whoop for a while. How does whoop affect or influence your workouts or your day-to-day or does it? Yeah, so I take it, um, I kind of take it with a grain of salt. Like, um, I, I prefer to base my days off of intuition, but I use whoop as a tool for me to understand like, okay, like, to kind of match or align with my intuition with kind of like reality, right? Like objective um, data. So like I'll wake up and say, you know, let's say I wake up and I feel pretty good. And then I look down at whoop and it's like a 15%. So at that point it's like, okay, my, my mind feels good. I don't feel stressed. I'm not sore, but my body is telling me differently. So then it's like, then I can kind of like analyze and reflect what did I do yesterday? How did I sleep? You know, then that way I get a better idea of like, okay, I didn't sleep that well. So today I'm going to go a little bit lighter in a workout or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, so it gives me a sense of um, clarity, I guess, on sure. is my intuition correct? Um, is it aligning with the objective data? Um, but I, I try not to worry too much about the data because sometimes I'll get really good sleep. I'll think like, I think the other night, uh, I had played volleyball the day before. So my strain level is really high and I got really good sleep because I usually get really good sleep after I play, you know, volleyball or basketball. And I woke up and I felt really good. And my score was like 40, 45%, uh, recovery, but I felt really good. So I still did a workout and, you know, did it, you know, moderate, not like super high intense, like the day before, but, you know, and I was fine. Right. There right. Was no, like nothing wrong, but, you know, cause sometimes people will get really too much into the details of like, okay, my sleep recover recovery was only 40%. I can't go and work out. Right. Right. That's not necessarily what it means. It just means that your body is not prepared to go anything higher than just the recommended strain level, right? Right. But I go over those all the time. All the time. And <laughs> I, like, so 
I guess we'll get into the group thing in a minute. So I'll, let me, I'll talk about my now. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so, okay. So my day, so my heart rate score. So my capacity for work is not as good as Kai's. My, my high usually sits somewhere around like 60. Now this is interesting, right? Kai comes from a background that's embedded in work, right? He's used to playing basketball. He's used to being active, playing volleyball, things like that. My life has been far more sedentary. At one point I worked in an office, which Kai's never done, right? I was a power lifter, which means that like respiratory health was not of any sort of importance. Um, so those are things I'm actually really trying to adamantly and vehemently change um, to be healthier. So for me, my, I am actively trying to get my heart rate variability score higher. So if I had a patient come to me and their heart rate variability score was like 40, what that would do is tell me that like, we need to get them in way better shape. And ironically, the cool thing about whoop is whoop actually has a parameter on the bottom that actually will break down your heart rate score. It'll break down your respiratory rate. It'll break down your resting heart rate. And it'll tell you if you're in a healthy state. We'll get into that in a second. Okay, so my heart rate score usually gets up to like 60, like I said. Today, my heart rate score is a 41. I'm 78% recovered. My strain for the day is 8.3. So I worked out, which was about a seven. And then the rest of my day got me to the rest of that number. My calories burned to roughly 2,700 calories. And this is coming off of six hours and 37 minutes of sleep last night. Now, notice that I needed less sleep than Kai did to reach a green, right? So am I recovered for me? Absolutely. Would I be recovered for Kai? Absolutely not. And this is why this information becomes important because if I'm working with a high level athlete or, um, you know, a regular human that does a lot of work, we need to attribute those things and connect them. I work with a young man who's in high school, his heart rate scores, uh, very, very high. It's close to hundred. And so he sleeps six, seven hours a night, but it's not enough. And so he came to me and said, dude, I'm sleeping. Like I'm sleeping great. And I'm like, you're just not sleeping enough for you. Right. And that, that's where this becomes important. So, okay. So that's kind of the breakdown of what whoop does, how it does it, why it does it. Um, for me, whoop absolutely influences my workouts. And so if I'm showing a red, I know my nervous system is not ready to work, which means that I need to do something to chill the fuck out. So if I have a red, that means that I'm going to do Disney December. So red means Disney December to me, which means tape over my mouth, Disney music in my ear, 30 to 40 minutes on a bike going nice and slow. If I'm yellow, I'll train accordingly. And if I'm, red or if i'm green i'm sorry I'll, I'll really like i'll get after it so i actually take those scores really really seriously and i take them to heart um but my margin for error is a lot lower than kai's is so i have to be really conscious of what i'm putting my body through and why right kai thoughts um no cool no. I saw you, I saw you processing. So I figured I, I'd ask. So, okay. So that said, I was looking at the group. <laughs> okay. So that said, so what are some things that Kai and I do? So Kai and I have a group set up 
with clients of ours and patients that are on whoop as well, where we can actively monitor their information. We don't charge for this currently, which is dumb. We probably should change that down the road. But for the time being, we're kind of just testing it and seeing what it looks like. What we do inside this group is we can actively monitor what people are doing with their bodies and then offer suggestions based on what we see. So if I have a patient who says, hey, Noah, we're doing treatment and I'm not getting better. What the hell, man? You suck at this. I can pull up their group and I can say, hey, look, dude, you've been red five days in a row. You aren't recovered. You're not ready to work. You're not ready to do any of these things that you say that you or you think that you're ready to do. We need to pull back on your efforts and chill out. Or we can go the other way where it's like, yo, dude, like you're doing great. Ramp it up. Go hard. Right. And so this is a really good way for for us as practitioners to get involved in people's regular life and then and not have to guess. Right. Because how often, Kai, especially for you. Are we guessing why people aren't getting better? A lot. A lot, right? Um, and that's problematic, right? Because it's frustrating for people as well as frustrating for us as practitioners. As a yeah. practitioner, I'm like, I sort of second guessing myself, like I'm doing something wrong because I'm not sure why they aren't getting better. Yeah. This allows me to bypass that in its entirety. Mm-hmm. What yeah. are some things about the group you like, Kai? Well, just to go off your point about, you know, people not knowing why people are getting, aren't getting better. You know, a lot of it is subjective, right? Seeing how they feel, seeing how they are, um, what, what their perspective is on how they're healing and, and recovering. So if they feel like they are, but we don't have any objective data that tells us that they're not, then it just kind of is like a, like a he said, she said kind of thing, right? So I think that, that that's why this is like pretty important too. Uh, but yeah, the group is good. I think it brings a sense of community, but also a sense of competition, I guess, a little bit. Yeah. Um, true. But mostly hate for me, but you know. <laughs> also true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's cool to see like other people and what they're doing for workouts and what their strain levels are like. And, um, you know, it, it's kind of fun. You know, you get to see like oh yeah Noah drank last night and did not get good recovery <laughs> or yeah Kyron drank that night and he did not get good recovery either yeah um, but yeah I think it's it's a good way to um and like they they just I think they just added um the chat right so now right. you can kind of like talk uh, you talk well yeah you can talk shit or you can like encourage people um you know, like say good job, you know, make it a positive environment. <laughs> <laughs> Heaven forbid. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I think I, I really enjoy, um, you know, checking in on people, but how do you feel about the group? Well, kind of same, right. On one hand, it was like, you know, you have an opportunity to see what other people are doing and you can kind of compare yourself. So I can say like, you know, like, if I take someone who's maybe a weight loss client and, and wants to get in better shape and wants to look better, um, even myself, I'll, I'll use my myself in that category. I'm really trying to change my body, right? I'm no longer concerned with being a power lifter and pushing the most amount of weight and doing all the things that are associated with that. And so it allows me to like look and see what other people do, right? And so 
when I look at Kai and Kai's strain is through the roof, I'm like, oh, this is why Kai maintains a significantly different body mass profile than I do, right? And so for me, it gives me a little bit of guidance and helps me kind of understand what people are doing to look the way they look. Um, one other guy in our group uh, has lost a significant amount of weight. And what we've seen with him losing a significant amount of weight is his resting heart rate has plummeted in a really great way. His heart rate score has gone through the roof in a really great way. And so, you know, you're able to see those things as well. And so you can see the biomarkers that are associated with health, right? Yeah. He has a better respiratory rate. He's in better shape, like all these things, right? And all of them are associated to the same thing, like losing body mass, right? And so that's something that I think is really special about whoop in general but especially the group as well is that we have that kind of accountability in that group um and again guys we don't charge for it so if you're somebody out there who wants to get into the group and is curious like just ask like we're not you know it, it's just an opportunity for us to get more data um to the point of data that's kind of my thing with whoop that i really enjoy whoop has seen an opportunity for growth in a really positive way during COVID, and so what whoop and if you listen to the people who are the the proprietors of whoop one of the things that they're realizing is they can now preempt nervous system state and they can see when people are going to get sick now granted we can't necessarily like identify specifically like oh you're you're getting COVID or not but what you can do and what people are able to do is see like Am I getting sick? And if I'm getting sick, what can I do to be preemptive about being sick? And so they can start taking measures in their own hand in terms of like, you know, um, better hydration or um, sleeping more or all the things associated with, with health, right? Yeah. And I think that's really important and valuable in the current state of where we are is like, there's no tool out there that's more comprehensive in fighting against an illness that's really problematic in the United States. Yeah. I think that um, <clears throat> for me, at least I know that I really enjoy the journal part of it. So like sure. when you wake up um, there's like a list of things that um, uh, questionnaire like a questionnaire, yeah, that, that give you data on what you did the day before. So like if you had caffeine, if you, um, you know, had um, a late meal or you had alcohol, like how much alcohol, like, and they've been adding to it, um, you know, like stress levels, anxiety, um, you know, oh, all these, yeah. But like, and it's not just to like, show you or, or to like reflect on the day but it actually takes that data stores it and then on um, every week they have a weekly update report and every month they have a monthly report and so it shows you like okay i had caffeine five uh, or like let's just say 28 days out of 30 right? right and then it shows you over the 30 days your sleep um what is it called um, efficiency, efficiency, right, is uh, a lot lower, right, right, and then it shows you that caffeine has decreased your sleep efficiency by ten percent. I don't know what it may be, right, 
whatever it might be. Yeah. So it, then it shows you like your habits are creating the results that you're getting, right? Like if you keep getting recovery that's in yellow or red, now we can pinpoint like, okay, like let's, let's not have caffeine as much. Right. Right. Um, so I think that that, that's a really, really good tool that I really like and enjoy because like it showed me, what did it say? I was looking at it today. Um, uh, but basically it was like the, the things that I thought were bad, like, um, having my phone in my bed before I go to sleep. Like I, I always thought, you know, blue light's really bad um, before you go to bed, but uh, it's had a positive impact for me and it's increased my sleep or recovery by 4%, which I- Which goes against all- Yeah, all things. Process, right? Yeah. And then the thing that I thought would help which was my blue light blocking glasses has shown um, that it helps only about 1%. Right. So it's like, you know, we have all these um, and alcohol is, is really bad. <laughs> yeah. Turns out alcohol is really bad. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, you know, we have all these blatant statements that, you know, we shouldn't have blue light before we go to sleep. We shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do that. But it's, it's, it always comes down to it depends, right? Like it always depends on the individual and how that individual um, processes all that stuff. So it's like someone could have, you know, some crazy person could have ice cream before they go to bed and get the best sleep. Who knows? Right. right? Um, So I think this is a really good, um, a really good objective tool to, give really good feedback on uh, for somebody who is looking to recover better or looking to increase their strain to lose weight, whatever it may be, uh, decrease their stress levels. Right. Um, I think it's a, it's a, it's a great tool, but what's your experience with it? So I think to, to expand on that, I think this idea of it depends is really valuable, of course. Right. Like, because everybody is so different. Um, and we have tangible, now we have real information. One of my patients is on whoop. Um, I had told her to eat protein before bed. She ate protein before bed. Her sleep got worse. Mm. It's like shit. Yeah. Uh, so everything I thought I knew about protein before bed got shifted. Right. Yeah. It doesn't make it different for everybody, but maybe it allowed us to have a conversation of what type of protein she was having mm-hmm. or, um, how she was using it or like we can go on for days. Right. And I, yeah. I'm, what it does for you. But, but the, for me, that tangible, real information is really, really, really important. It it gives me real feedback to have a real conversation. I think the other thing about um, going back to what you're saying about charting stuff is that those charts also give a lot of really great feedback in terms of our ability to look back and compare month to month. Right. Yeah. So, when people are like, oh, last month I was super sick or last month I didn't have any um, gains or you can say, hey, I got hurt in this month and why did I get hurt in this month? Like typically like when people get hurt, it's not it's not a surprise. In most cases, like we know why you're hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, usually it's based around stress, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of really good tangible feedback here 
that can be used and really leveraged in a really positive way to help people find some sort of um, just levity in their life. Um, I think for me, it's just, it, it's an easy choice. Like it, 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 I didn't even have to think about it. Um, I will say the people that I have talked to that are trying to get on whoop whoop has, uh, they're backed up like everybody else due to production right now. So it is a little bit tough to get one. So if you want one, I would strongly suggest going onto whoop now and putting in the request for one, because you're going to be waiting to get one. Um, you know, that speaks to the product itself. Obviously the product is useful and, and good because people want it. Um, the other thing is, is they're starting to look at body temperature now. Um, so they're adding a couple of new tools, such as like looking at your body temperature throughout the day and things like that to, again, give you another feedback tool in terms of like illness, right? So we need preemptive. So I think it's definitely something worthwhile to look at. Um, it's just, you got to be, I guess, you don't even really have to be an information junkie to want it. Like if you just use it solely as I'm a red today, why am I red? I'm a green today. Yes. Right. And so we're, I don't want to get too deep in our next podcast, but our next podcast, we are going to talk about measuring health. Um, in today's society, going back to that conversation about John um, at the beginning of the podcast, one of my big pet peeves about these conversations is it's perceived that somebody's healthy based on aesthetic. Yeah. And what I think we have to ask ourselves is, are they really healthy? Um, again, I don't want to get into next week too much, but the reality here, guys, is that aesthetics and health are not the same thing. Yeah, they absolutely are not. And so we have to really be less vain about the way we evaluate health. And we have to understand that health is a moving target. It's not a day to day. If you have whoop, one of the first things you're going to notice about it is like, you'll be red three days in a row, and then you'll have three greens, and then you'll have a red, and then you'll have two greens, and then you'll have a yellow, and then you'll have two reds. You have to understand that when you're red, you have a high susceptibility to illness, right? Very, very high. That's a problem, right? Especially again in today's climate, because when we want to talk about masks and we want to talk about vaccines and we talk about all these ways to keep ourselves healthy and protected against COVID, the number one easiest way to make sure that we're protected against COVID is to manage our immune health in the best way possible. And if you have autoimmune deficiencies, a comorbidity or you're over 60 and you're, you're the people that are really susceptible towards deep sickness and potential death, monitoring this information is very, very, very important because this feedback, this information could be the difference between life and death. It really can't. And so I have a hard time because my science brain wants better feedback than I know somebody who's perfectly healthy who got COVID and got sick and died. That's not enough for me. That doesn't work. No. John Meadows, I knew wasn't healthy. I, I would get in that argument with them daily. The truth of the matter is, is that John didn't value health. He valued aesthetics. He valued performance, which are two things that, that are great, by the way. Like there's nothing wrong with those things, but we have to look at recovery as well. Um, I found Whoop years ago 
when I was actually training fighters. And what I found when training fighters was that they were trashed all the time, smashed, right? They'd walk in the gym, just fucked up. And fighters are just, they run through camp trash the whole time. They're trying to cut weight. So they're looking to lose weight, which is something that's going to hurt them. They're training their ass off. They're, they're not sleeping well because they're training their ass off. And then they can't figure out why they're getting bumps and bruises or they underperforming fights. And so I started using whoop and I would write workouts in accordance to if you were red, yellow, or green. Uh, everybody thought I was like this freaking genius. To me, it just seemed like logical progression. I think that's really important. I think in those environments, it's a really useful way to manage stress. If you're a CEO of a Fortune 500 company, it's similar, right? If you have a compromised respiratory rate on a regular basis, we know that you're going to have higher higher markers for heart disease. Weird. So like we can preemptively anticipate if somebody has a heart attack by utilizing what, right? Like this, that we literally could, we could look and see like, these CEOs are popping six to 10 straight reds, right? Because they're working copious amounts of hours, lots of caffeine, lots of alcohol, narcotics, like we can go on for days. And then they have heart attacks. We can't figure out why. We do know why, you guys. We do. There's plenty of biomarkers that preemptively will tell us this information. The, the, the difference here is, is that we choose to ignore those biomarkers and evaluate health on this perspective of like, well, I saw him yesterday and he seemed like he was in good spirits. Yeah. We don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, The whole, he looks healthy or she looks healthy. Yeah. And just because you walk every day does not mean that you are healthy. Right. When, and to, to the point of Kai's a great example of that point, right? Kai does a lot of work. His output is very, very, very high. The way he manages to maintain that output is to consistently rest. And that consistent rest allows Kai to find health, right? That's a really useful tool for Kai because now Kai can continue to push out how hard he works and he can now manage down regulation and finding calmness and control and all these other measures. You can manage all those things now, Kai, to continue to push the perspective of health yeah, and push it out harder and faster, right? Yeah. And that's, I think, the thing that people, I, I hope that people get from this podcast is like, if you're chasing performance and performance is important to you, there's ways to chase performance in a really intelligent fashion that doesn't leave you vulnerable to, I mean, I hate to say it, but COVID. Yeah. Not only COVID, I think just overall sickness and even injury, right? Because when you're right. in the red, your, your nervous system's not fully prepared for the you know, like if you have a game that day right. and you're in a red and, and then you sprain your ankle and it's like, well, could you have been, it could have been a less of a strain or could you have just like walked it off if it was a green day? Right. Like, those are the things that I think are, I think in the future for, for whoop and, and for athletes and all that. So I think that well, makes a good point. You made a good point. Well, I think in Kai, sorry, I, I get excited, but that's actually, <laughs> I think is really important to talk about too, Kai, is that, you know, your recovery rate is going to dictate inflammatory markers. Mm-hmm. 
And by dictating inflammatory markers in a negative sense, you're not going to heal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is going to go deep into the next podcast because I want to right. talk about nutrition and, and the protocol that I'm on. But, and whoop. And whoop, whoop, whoop. Save, save it then. Save it. Yeah. Um, do we have anything else that we think that we, is important to talk about in regards to whoop? Um, whoop, endorse us. Uh, sponsor us. <laughs> whoop, whoop, please pay for our whoop. Yeah. Uh, whoop is like 30 bucks a month, guys. It's not overtly expensive. It's not crazy expensive. Yeah but it you know it, it certainly isn't cheap either yeah so uh, i would love if whoop heard this and was like oh my god you guys are the best we'll Ooh, pay for there it, it is. We'll pay for- <laughs> oh damn well well played guy well yeah, you freaking- know. Um, what i'm here for god man you are something else so <laughs> um i think that's probably a safe perspective if we have any other uh quick reminders on whoop we can talk about next week's podcast. I think for now we've kind of hit all the, the big ones, right? Yeah. Yeah. We hit all the markers. Uh, the biomarkers. Um, so next week, guys, we'll give you some information just regarding like health and parameters on health and getting healthy. Yes, sir. Cool. Yes, sir. All right, guys. We'll see you on the flippity flop. Flippity flop.